<laughs> oh, I see. Okay. We reflected last week on the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came down and all those who believe. So Holy Spirit is with us and within us. We are not alone. The Spirit helps us in our everyday living. Somehow it is uh, difficult to sense the Spirit because it's a, it's a difficult topic. Uh, it's, it's abstract. It's not tangible. You cannot touch it. You cannot just always feel it. But we Christians believe that uh, we have the Spirit of God with us. And then that's what we reflected last week. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came down not only to few privileged individuals, but all, all those who believe the Spirit uh, was given to them. So we all have the Spirit. Without the Spirit, we cannot call God as our uh, father, mother, or parents. Uh, uh, we are children of God. The Spirit of God confirms that we are children of God. And so the Spirit is very important. Uh, in our living. And also in, uh, in our spirituality, the pay atten paying attention to the spirit is very important. I say it's one thing to study the Bible. Uh, you'd learn a lot of things about Jesus' will and God's will and all that. But also it is the spirit who empowers us, strengthens us, and uh, guides us. So, but something happens when the spirit comes down upon us because uh, we used to live uh, according to the flesh. But now when the spirit comes, uh, we live according to the spirit. So somehow there is life that is, is according to the flesh and the life that is according to the spirit. It's kind of dual uh, presence, uh, a dual lifestyle exists for Christians. So we have the life of the flesh and the life of the spirit. And St. Paul today uh, says this, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So first let us uh, uh, reflect on what, what it means to live by the flesh. And of course, here the uh, word uh, flesh does not mean uh, just body, physical body. Uh, it's a sarks. But it has, it has a physical body, it has a meaning of physical body, but Paul is using it very specifically, not as a physical body, but uh, it is existence that is controlled by sinful desire uh, within you. That's what. Uh, the flesh is. So I like to describe what uh, life is like uh, living according to the f uh, flesh. Uh, so the life that is controlled by the sinful desire is like, for example, concretely, our greed, uh, false ambition, misguided blindness, overly confident self-centeredness, and all these things, these are just examples, but 
we have this sinful desire within us, and that creates anger, anxiety, rudeness, and fear. So it creates a lot of negative things in life. This affects the quality of our life, not necessarily circumstantial quality, but inner quality. So I like to see what's happening uh, today in today's uh, uh, topic. I like to see what's happening uh, within us, what, what the Spirit does uh, within us. Last week we reflected on the coming of the Spirit, but today I like to reflect on the inner working of the Spirit. But first, we we need to uh, lay out what this flesh does, what what uh, our life uh, is like when we follow. Uh, the fleshly uh, desire. So when we live by the flesh, that creates negative quality of life. And also it affects not only ourselves, but also it affects other people too. And then our relationship with others. And our relationship uh, become um, more and more difficult. Instead of living in peace and harmony with uh, people, instead of enjoying each other's company, we are bothered by other people easily. And then our relationship is very much affected. And then you know the relationship is the most difficult thing uh, in life. And the relational problem is the most difficult problem that you can deal with. A career problem, financial problem. Yeah, those are uh, uh, important. Pro I mean, uh, difficult problems too. But but there's nothing like relational problem. When we have problem with relationship, that it's like hell, living in hell. So uh, this uh, living according to the flesh affects our everything. Myself, others, and our relationship with others. So e uh, to speak uh, more in an uh, easier term, sin is like negative force within us. That's what sin is. Negative force within us. That enslaves us. It makes us become people we don't want to be. It diminishes us. It makes us less than all we can be. It diminishes us. It makes us be less than ourselves. And this negative force, that is sin. And sin does not leave us alone. Sin always shapes us. It, but it shapes us in the way that we don't want. It doesn't shape us not in the way we want. It shapes in the way we don't want. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to live always worrying about life. We don't want to live constantly angry about life, about ourselves, about others. Just easily uh, we get irritated. We don't want to live like that. And also, we don't want to live in fear. What we want is, we want to live trusting. We want to forgive. We want to be happy 
That's what, what, what we want. But somehow this negative force within us does not allow us to be the person we want to uh, we want to be and to live a life that we want to live that that's what negative force does so in that way it enslaves us takes away the freedom to live as we want and we are unhappy because we are bound not free and I don't see many people living in total freedom, doing what they want and being who they want to be. There is some bigger power within us. So, there is a battle within us. There's one thing that I want to be this, but another one, I am not like. So there is a battle constantly. When the spirit comes upon us, to us, it's not always give, giving us good feeling, but it creates this tension. It creates this conflict. This cre uh, the spirit creates this battle. St. Paul, before he met Christ, he lived uh, perfectly fine. He thought he was doing very well with his life, with his belief, with God. He, he thought that he was doing very well. But when he met Christ, instead of really uh, having more joy, of course he had uh, ultimately more joy, but he had a lot of conflict when he met Christ. So his change was not really before he had a lot of uh, problems and then now with Christ I have no more problem. No, it's the opposite. He did not know that he had problems, so he lived in blindness. But after meeting Christ, a lot of problems he faced. So some initially, that's what spirit does. It creates tension. It creates, we, there is a battle within us. Let me read uh, that for you. I do not understand my own actions. This is what St. Paul says. After meeting Christ, not before uh, he met Christ. After he met Christ, I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want. But I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Negative force that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. He saw what was going on within himself with sharp eyes like an eagle's eyes. Before, he didn't even know what was going on in his life. But after meeting Christ, he was able to see what was going on within himself. He could not live any longer with naive idealism about himself. He was able to see himself as he was. And then he realized, ah, my willpower is not that strong. My willpower 
is very limited, he realized. How true that is. There are still some people who think that they can do anything they want with their willpower. They trust in their willpower. They have an absolute faith in their own willpower. But St. Paul realized that our willpower is not as strong. The negative force that controls us and enslaves us is stronger than our willpower. So we should not be naive about the power of our self-autonomy. We want to make our own choices, but we can't many times. We want to live as we really want to live, but we don't. When sin controls us, when negative force controls us, we can't. And St. Paul saw that enslavement so well And when he said this, I am of the flesh sold into slavery under sin. He, he, he says that I'm sold into the slavery of sin. He saw this enslavement of his existence very clearly. Then this is what he cried out. Wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death. Who will rescue me? He was very realistic about what was going on within himself. This Paul's dilemma is our dilemma. And also it is a dilemma of all human beings. We want to do good and we want to live a good life. But sin somehow takes us somewhere we don't want to be. We want to live our life loving others, helping people, and doing good to them. We believe that that's important as human beings. But more often, more often than not, Instead of helping others, we hurt them. We make them angry. And also we get angry with them. I mean, deep inside, we want to understand people's problems and have compassion for their problems. But when we really look at ourselves, we rather not deal with their problems. Their problems Makes, make us uh, frustrated, even angry. We, we want them to st stay away from us. Rather than really understanding them, we don't want to hear them. The more we try to be good, the more we go away from that goodness. As I mentioned last week, quoting uh, Moltmann, the more you try to be free, the chain that enslaves you hurts you more. You feel that hurt more. The more you try to be free, the more you realize how enslaved you are. 
So you realize both. You have this desire to be free, but you have this realization of your bondage and enslavement. So there is a conflict. Oh, if you don't want to be free, you don't even know that you're enslaved. But if you want to be free, if you want to be good, if you want to live a good life, then the opposite, all you also see it. So when you try to live a good life, you hit the wall. Everybody, they, they hit the wall. And when you don't overcome that wall, you can never live a good life in a way. If you give in, when you hit the wall, then you go, oh, okay, that is what life is. And you just compromise and just do whatever you feel like doing. So mediocre life we choose to live. But if you want to pursue to live a good life, you have to, to overcome that wall. And that wall is the reality of sin that has power over you. So all, the, all of you who try to live a Christian life, a good life, you will experience something negative too. It's dark side. And you have to overcome that. Once I took, a uh, long time ago, once I took university students, uh, actually, I don't know if Peter was there or not, but I remember Danny and uh, Richard, those guys were uh, there. And uh, so it's a, it's a uh, fasting retreat, uh, four days and three nights, fasting retreat. They were so excited. Yes, for, for the Lord, we want to fast for three days. So our first day, praise all. It was just so good. And then, you know, very emotional praise we, because we are fasting. I mean, that's a really big thing. One day passed by. They looked like defeated soldiers. They wouldn't even speak. They were just they're, they're sitting in the corner and then totally lost. And all they, talk, all they talked about was food. And all they thought about plan was, uh, okay, after this retreat, I'm going to go to this restaurant. I'm going to go to that restaurant. Oh, your judgment sounds so good. Oh, no, I want steak. Oh, I want a hamburger. All they talked about was food. We didn't pray at all. So we came down totally defeated. I mean, they went up with good will. They want to really fast for God. But they hit the wall. They realize how difficult that is. When we want to be good, we face the negative force. And we realize that it is pretty powerful. And we cannot handle it on our own. We need help. That's why Jesus came to help us. So right after St. Paul said that wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from, uh, who will deliver me from this body of death, 
Ah, right after saying that, he said this. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He discovered the secret of being able to overcome that wall. And that is through Jesus Christ. That's why he said, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Then, that's a, uh, we read in chapter 8, but uh, that, uh, what I'm talking about is chapter 7. No. At the end, end, end of uh, chapter 7, he said, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. And then from chapter 8, this is how he, begin, he begins. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that uh, the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He's telling us that we have an alternative lifestyle. We can have it. We don't need to live our lives always enslaved by the negative force that is within us. Jesus made it possible. Seeing our helpless, helplessness instead of judging us, God sent Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came and he did not condemn us. He condemned the sin within us. He didn't condemn us. He condemned the sin within us so that we can be free from that sin. Sin has no more power over us to control us and to deceive us. God gave us the spirit and the spirit binds the power of sin. That's what spirit does within us. The spirit binds the power of sin. That's why we can be free from sin. Not by our willpower, by the help of the spirit. The spirit of, the power of the spirit is more powerful than the negative force and our own willpower. You cannot get rid of your sin. Don't even try that. It's a futile effort. But this is what spirit does. It does not allow sin to grow into its full power that completely controls us. Sin will be there, but it has lost its deadly power. The Spirit gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these positive things drive away the negative force. These positive things drive away the negative things. That's a secret of life. Instead of trying not to do negative things, but the positive things drive away 
these negative things. Finally, we can live our life the way we really want to. And the Spirit gives us that freedom by empowering us with positive things. Now we can choose, not by our own willpower, but with the help of Spirit, now we can choose to live a good life. With the, with the help of the Spirit, we can truly be who we want to be. Spirit makes us happy. The Spirit makes us smile. The Spirit makes us strong. We don't need to feel lonely anymore. We don't need to be angry all the time. We don't need to worry. Our visions and dreams can be fulfilled. We can live our lives doing what is just and what is right. And we can live with others in peace and harmony. And animosity doesn't have to control all our relationships anymore. We can embrace others. But we also have to do our part too. What is our part? We should not encourage sin to flourish within us. Don't let it flourish within you. Sometimes you'll fail. Sometimes you will commit sins. You will fall into the power of temptation of sin and power of sin. Yes, sometimes. But don't stay there. Don't make it flourish within you so that it can constantly control you, completely control you. Let me give you one example. Yes, sometimes you can be angry. We all get angry. Except maybe Peter. <laughs> we all get angry uh, sometimes. And that's okay to be angry. But don't harbor that anger within you. Don't let it grow. Don't let anger control you completely. Then you become an angry person. Then small things just come up, you get angry. Don't let it be. That's what that's your part. And then when you don't when you don't do that, the spirit will help you to overcome that. We are not a slave anymore. We are God's children. This is what uh, St. Paul said, for you do not, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, slavery, fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. And when we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are children of God, not slaves not slave of sin. We are children of God. No one can take us away from God. When God accepts us, God's children, he accepted everything about us, including our sin. Instead of condemning us, God helps us overcome 
our sin. We are children of God. God will never, never give up on us. That's what parents do. We never give up our children. God will never, never give up on us. He will never let us go. God will help us. What you need is to come to God and ask for God's help. And God will give us what we need. This is what Jesus said. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to, get good, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask the Holy Spirit. God will give us the Holy Spirit. Let us live by the Spirit. Let us live according to the Spirit. If you live according to flesh, you die. But if you live according to Spirit, you will live. You'll be free. Don't let the negative force take hold of you. When the Spirit is with us, these negative thoughts and negative power lose their power. We have the victory. Now we can live as children of God. Live your life victoriously. You can claim the victory of your life. Let us see.